Welcome, everybody, to the Momentous Wealth Podcast, where we discuss current issues in the world of finance and break them down into understandable terms to further your education. Momentous Wealth Management is a financial planning and investment management firm based in Washington. We've been serving clients for more than 20 years, and on this show, we take that experience and put it to the microphone in an effort to educate investors in the complex world of finance and financial markets. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This is uh, one of your hosts today, Nick Miner, and we've got Todd here as well. Hello there. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Looking forward to today. Yeah, today's going to be fun. I've uh, got a question for Todd that I want us to kind of just talk about that I hope is relatable um, for parents out there. I'm not a parent yet. I've got a baby on the way, uh, but I wanted, we wanted to like have an episode about how do you get your kids involved or interested in being financially savvy or investing um, early rather than it being like this thing that just kind of you, you hit them with out of the blue when they yeah. get their first job and they're like, all right, time to sign up for a 401k <laughs> and yeah. budget. Best of luck to you. It, it's, it's, it's one of, you know, a lot of these podcast episodes are born out of just issues we deal with with clients and you know, it's the, one of the number one things that we always get asked. I mean, I have so many clients that come in, you know, maybe they're in their 40s and, you know, one of the first comments they make is, man, I wish somebody would have taught me this stuff earlier. Uh, and then we have a lot of clients that have kids that are often asking if we have any ideas for, you know, how to how to get them started in it. You know, yeah. I know that that was impactful in my life growing up. And so it's... Uh, we wanted to share some share some tips today on that. It's a little bit of a deviation from our normal hard hitting news. Yeah, but before <laughs> we get to the tips, uh, I want I want us to get a little bit personal with our listeners. Talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me a little bit of background uh, for yourself uh, growing up. What was what was your experiences with with finances and investing? Because or, or have you always yeah, been the financial yeah. guru that you are now? Did you pop out and be like, Mom, we need to save for my college? Started saving for retirement when I was six weeks old. Yeah. Yeah. First lemonade stand, <laughs> put it in a Roth. Yeah. No, I think it, it was definitely something in my family that was talked about. I can remember, you know, back back in the day, my, you know, my dad still is, was always very interested in the stock market. In fact, you know, maybe not the best type of family dinner, but I can remember, you know, I just have a sister. So there were four of us sitting around the dinner table. And oftentimes the, uh, the, the nightly news would be on and not, you know, I think it was called like the, the nightly business news or something. It was on PBS. Yeah. And it was basically a recap of the stock market for the day. So oftentimes I can remember sitting down to dinner and, you know, the stock market chatter on in the background. And, you know, I actually do remember, kind of certain days where, you know, my dad was particularly stressed because, uh, you know, I, I feel like I even remember the day in 1987 when, when wow. we had that really bad day. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was interesting. Like, I didn't really know what was going on at the time, but there was something special about it. Yeah, there was some exposure to it for sure. Yeah. 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 When did you start uh, becoming like more involved with maybe understanding your the family finances or, or even maybe your own personal yeah. finances? Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't really learn too much about the family finances so much. Um, that's not something that, that we really talked a lot about, but there was something 
personally that that I think was pretty interesting that again at, at the time I didn't think anything of it but I can look back now and realize what an impact it had and I think that this is you know part of the thing that happened to me that um, has translated into some of the things that I'm trying to do with my own kids but I don't know how old I was but I remember being in middle school and I would get a check in the mail every quarter that was a dividend check. So my grandfather at one point had given my sister and I shares of Roseville Telephone Company. So I was Hmm. born in Sacramento and Roseville is a town outside of Sacramento. And my grandparents are from there. Uh, My mom was born there. And we would get a dividend check, my sister and I, every quarter. And I can't remember the exact amount. I want to say it was like 40 bucks, you know, and then later on it was 50, 60, 70, 80 dollars. But, you know, back then. Back then, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and when you're a middle schooler, just randomly every quarter. And I never really even, I don't think I even fully understood the cadence of it. But it was like, oh, like I'd go get the mail. And, oh, wow, I got a check for 60 bucks, like for doing nothing. Like, what is this? Yeah. They were shares of this Roseville telephone company that my grandfather had got for my sister and I, and that was the dividend check. Yeah. And, and, you know, and as investors, I think that's one thing, you know, frankly, with everything going online that's lost yeah. is the fact that a lot of people own these stocks and all we pay attention to is how much they go up and down every day. But in reality, like, you know, most investors are probably getting dividends that are just paid into their account, reinvested, and they don't really see it's happening. But yeah. back then you actually got a check. And so that that was impactful, I think, because I think later on, that really I think started the you know the kind of the knowledge, right? Yeah, uh, of investing. Now, not a great end to the story because when my grandfather passed away, those shares got turned over um, to me, and of <laughs> you course, liquidated them. Of course, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I sold them uh, and bought a Mazda Miata. Wow, nice. <laughs> when I was in college. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of money. It was like $7,000. Hey, but that's still, I mean, but there's still value in that. Like, you know, there was saving, accumulating, you had dividends, but along the way. And then because you were a good investor, you're forced to be a good investor. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah. You got to reap this cool reward that you wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Yeah. But that did, uh, having that experience did, you know, I do remember too, like in high school, and my parents had to help me with this, obviously, but... um, they, you know, I, I, I did open a Charles. So when I got those shares, I, I did, I didn't sell them immediately. So when I got those shares, I opened up a brokerage account. I can remember putting the shares in those brokerage account. And, and it was fun. Cause I can remember again, back then I would, it's so funny. Cause I, when I had my first job, I mean, this goes on, but I, I can remember working in the summers and I would go in the break room and I'd call because back then you could call the 800 number and check your balance. Yeah. yeah. I, I called every day. <laughs> What's my balance today? You know? And uh, I I did put some other money, you know, and some mutual funds kind of in the same account that those shares were in. But had I have not been given those shares, I wouldn't have gone to opening the account and putting more money in and getting in, interested in it. But yeah. again, ultimately, I had those shares in the brokerage account for a little while. And then, you know, I did sell 
most of it to buy the car. Yeah. Ultimately. yeah. And as you're like experiencing these and being exposed to these dividends, at any point where you like, I want to grow up and make this my job to like work with investments and finances. Yeah. Uh, so probably not the story that we were hoping for on this, but no, I actually wanted to be a weatherman all growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. I, here, I mean, since we're getting personal, so yeah, wanted to be a weatherman. I played a lot of golf. So I played golf in high school. Uh, I played some golf at a small college. I played at Western Washington University. So it took probably longer than it should have for me to realize that I wasn't going to be on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Because when I was in high school and college, there that there wasn't a plan B. Todd, have you, it even still like, to this day, have you realized that? I think I finally have. I finally have. But I'm still hoping for the senior tour now. Yeah. Or the, the champions tour. But uh no, it, it took me a while to like actually come to grips with uh, the fact that, okay, like, you know, the dream of professional golf is going to go away. And, you know, I, I did major in business. So, so actually, I wanted to be a weatherman in high school and I went to college and ended up majoring in business because I actually found out that being a weatherman is actually a lot of science. And I was actually terrible at science, <laughs> uh, but I was always good at finance. Yeah. And so I ended up getting a business degree. It's not like the movie yeah. Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How about you? What was your experience growing up? Yeah, mine was uh, not that involved. I, I didn't have much exposure at all to investments like stocks and bonds. Um, you know, as a kid, if I ever got allowances or money on birthdays or uh, for Christmas or whatever, like every kid does, my thought was immediate like, oh, what kind of toy am I going to buy? Yeah. What's the next video game? And so much of it was just about like, uh, you know, enjoying the money here, spend it while you got it. Um, and it, it, and I like you, I didn't know my parents' finances. You know, you're just a kid, you yeah. know, having a good yeah. time. Um, and I really didn't start to learn about finances until I was probably, I don't know, probably maybe a junior in high school. My mom was like, we should do a financial peace university class. It was this ah, thing hosted by yeah. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Um, and that, that was good because like, I really had, didn't have any exposure to any of it. And then to just kind of see how money worked and how you should actually think about money. And I hadn't had a job like in high school or growing up, you know, some kids delivered the mail, not mail, what is it? Uh, newspapers. Yeah. And then in my town and then other kids would pick strawberries. I never did that. Yeah. And so having that class was kind of my first introduction into like being financially responsible. Yeah. But I'm like, man, I wonder, I wonder where I've been, been at if I had had kind of those like early experiences like you did where, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, thinking about, stocks or something and i don't know and I, what's kind of fun now though is i've uh, i help out with the high school youth group at our church and kids are always asking me and so i was telling them about like some principles and stuff and they're always like oh when i turn 18 i want to open <laughs> up an account and do all yeah, this stuff yeah. and uh but yeah it, it really getting that was just kind of my first introduction but that was more even way more basic than the stuff that we do. That's yeah. just more of like, you know, you shouldn't have debt. Right. You should yeah. save money, have an emergency fund. It really didn't get into, I didn't start to understand stocks and bonds and the investment world until I started pursuing this career. Yeah. And what drew me to this career was working with people and, and being able to help people with their money. I knew nothing about the investments, 
but I, I knew the principles of like, yeah. okay, we need to be good savers. We need to be thinking long-term. And then all the other stuff I, I learned as I went through. And luckily I was like, wow, yeah, the more I did it, I found I loved it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, it wasn't until late in the game. And yeah. so it's something I think about too, going back to the, the topic for the podcast, um, something I think about for my future daughter. She's due in February. Um, maybe by the time this podcast comes Could out, be right. she's yeah. already here. Probably right around then. Yeah. yeah. Good luck, future it, Nick. It, I mean, your your experience, I don't think, is uncommon. I do think that that's one really interesting thing is that we don't, you know, at least where we are, I don't hear about it being taught a lot in schools. Yeah, You know, I mean, totally. yeah, there's some basic, you know, maybe some basic courses on finance, like how to balance a checkbook, that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys balance checkbooks anymore? We I don't used even, to. I don't yeah. even know what a checkbook is. <laughs> but, I'm just kidding. you know, it's, it's, I know some schools are, I've actually... I used to teach a uh, a class through junior achievement, and and I um, I can remember going in and doing, you know, the, like a I can't even remember how many weeks, but I would go into these middle schools and do like a you know four week kind of thing on, you know, personal finance. That was really fun. Uh, a, a couple times I've gone into the high school that my kids go to, and I can remember, at, you know, your story about all the kids wanting to open accounts. Like, um, I coach baseball at a school here in Vancouver, and so I have a lot of players that I know. And and I can remember going in a couple of years ago and and teaching a class. One of the teachers asked me, "In our school, actually has a, a financial literacy class at our mm. school. In fact, no joke." Like we're getting ready to do this podcast and I got a text. I'm showing Nick for proof. My daughter just texted me and said, when will you be home? Do you have 15 minutes to help me with some financial literacy homework? Wow. I mean, who better Yeah, in our family, I guess, to help her with that. Hopefully. Yeah. But um, I've been asked to teach at that class. And I remember one time in particular when all this stuff was going on with GameStop. Hmm. And I, I couldn't remember, I was literally getting text messages and phone calls from our players wanting to open accounts <laughs> to get into the GameStop. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't in there teaching financial literacy for a prospecting. I wasn't in there trying to get yeah. new business yeah. out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of them know that our kids have accounts. So my boys have opened accounts and they kind of talk about it at school because, you know, they're... They're both actually in college now, majoring in financial planning. So, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a, a segue-loaded question. Yeah. You should be able to yeah. knock this one out of the park. But do you think there's value in introducing these like financial ideas and interests to kids uh, before they're like adults? Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's like with anything, it's just a matter of building habits. Yeah. You know, so you know, this is kind of where we'll start getting into some of the tips. But if you're a parent and you're interested in getting your you know, kids um, kind of more involved. I, I think it's it's just like anything. I feel like when you teach them habits young, it's just so much easier for them to maintain those habits. Um, and like one thing, you know, the basic thing would be saving. We've always since, I can remember even back in the days when we paid our kids an allowance, uh, you know, we're paying them the money and, you know, we we believe that we should give 10% to our church. And then also, you know, I always tell them that they should get in the habit of saving 10%. So we would give our kids an allowance, you know, back when they were little and yeah. and they would take, you know, we'd give them 10 bucks and whatever, they'd take a dollar and put it in their tithing bucket and they'd yeah. take another dollar and um, they had a 
we opened up a savings account for them, you know, when they were young. And so they just got in the habit of every dollar I make, I give 10% to our church and I put 10% in savings account. Yeah. Yeah. Just building those habits. Yeah. That's great. So what are some other, like, let's say some parents are like, yeah, I want to start introducing these habits, thoughts. What are some other things like even let's, let's say beyond that piggy bank stage. And obviously like we still encourage those same practices even as adults, right? Of like, you know, save a little, give a little, do stuff with the rest. But are there other other things that parents can be doing to to be cultivating good financial stewards? Yeah. So, you know, some things that, that we, that we think, and again, you know, this is, um, these are just ideas, right? We're not, yeah, we always have to say we're, we're not recommending a certain investment strategy. We're, these are just some ideas for, maybe getting your kids interested in personal finance and savings and things. So, you know, a couple of things I've learned throughout the years, just, you know, seeing things we've done, but also just things that some of our clients have done. But, you know, one, one thought that I really like is, is to get them started early managing their own money, like their own budget, meaning uh, we at a young age and, and actually learn this from a client. This isn't an idea that I, cause I didn't even realize this, but you kids can actually get, you can open checking accounts pretty young. Now, you know, if you're under 18, your parent has to be on there as a custodian. But, yeah. You know, you, your kid, you can generally open bank accounts, credit union accounts for your kids at a pretty young age. And the other thing is earlier than I thought, and this is the idea I learned from a client, you can, you can get them a debit card. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, so we got in the habit pretty early of instead of like buying our kids clothes or buying them meals or whatever, we just gave them money and said, okay, like we'll put this money in your account and then it's up to you to, to feed yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And not, you know, we, our own personal thing was like, Hey, obviously if we're going out to a family meal, going to Chipotle, I'm not going to be like, Hey, hey, and you got this one, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, send your five year old to the grocery (laughs) store. Hey, whoa, that's that's my Right. 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 But just stuff like, you know, they want to buy clothes, right. Instead of like, Hey dad, can I buy this? Whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, we, you, whatever, like we're, we're giving you money. Yeah. So that you can, and and that got them in the habit of really kind of realizing like, oh, if I, if I buy this, then I can't buy this other thing or saving. So yeah. um, there were times where they would want something really, really big. And so they would save money. And I think the one thing we learned from that is you, you just got to realize like, you know, let them, the stakes are low at that point, right? Yeah. So if they end up blowing money on something stupid, but they saved for it, like, you know, at the end of the day, in the whole scheme of things, totally. let them mess up with when the stakes are low, yeah. right? Rather than when they're older and they're going into debt on a $100,000 car they can't afford, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we really like tried to turn over them managing their own little finances. And then as they got older and as the responsibilities grew, you know, and again, this is like before they could work, right? We're talking whatever. I can't even remember, but you know, this is like pre when they can work. Yeah, it's like, like instead of, yeah, instead of us buying them that sweatshirt, it's like, well, here, we're going to give you X amount per month and you buy your own sweatshirts. And they would even say, it was pretty cute to see them like save money to buy each other gifts. So like yeah. when the birthdays came around there, it was really like pretty cool to see them buy their siblings gift or even, you know, me and my wife gifts with money that they kind of saved and it just made it a little more special and to them as well. So Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really cool. And it, I feel like that's a good practice too for the parents of like slowly letting go and yeah. like passing some of that responsibility off because yeah. like at the end of the day, you want your kids to leave the household yeah. as like adults that are ready to take the the reins of their own life yeah. because you know they're gonna get jobs and have real expenses and take out real big loans for college and apartments and all sorts of stuff yeah. that like, I mean, we could probably all have seen cases of like parents that are still holding those reins into college yeah. and like telling their kids, you know, what you can and can't do and spend. Yeah. And yeah. I imagine that's like a good segue yeah. for the parents too. It, it's it's neat. And it also, I think um, it allows you to see early on, maybe if they are starting to hit, nah, I mean, I don't know to sound bad, but like kind of head in the wrong direction, right? Where it's like, if you start to see habits forming yeah. early where, where they're over, you know, you can kind of like, correct it and get them get them thinking the right way and kind of see where the faults are early on yeah because if yeah that's a good point because like if if your kid never has the opportunity to make a sacrifice of like i want to save for this big thing but i also want that something small now like there has to be a give and take but if they never have that opportunity yeah then they're they're not going to grow that muscle of like learning how to sacrifice now for later right right exactly yeah and and one of our kids, yeah, it's fun, it's fun to see. We have three kids, so it's been fun to see how all of them are quite different. Yeah, right? and I, you know, I I think with personal personal finance, I I actually think a lot of it, um, it's like kind of eating and dieting in a way too, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, you know, there are some people that whatever eat three meals, five meals, six meals a day, smaller meals. Some people that I know, you know, you hear about, well, no, I don't eat anything to lunch because that way I can pig out at lunch and dinner. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It's kind of the same thing with finances where, you know, I've noticed like some of the kids have been more snackers. It's like, you know, they're like constantly buying the kind of the little whatever I want to buy this t-shirt or that cool hat or sweatshirt or baseball glove, whatever. But then, um, you know, again, I won't name, but then, you know, I've got one of our kids who it's like would save a ton of money and just buy something that we are like, oh my goodness gracious. I can't believe that you wasted hundreds of dollars on this. But it's like at the end of the day, like, you know, I won't say he or she because it'll give it away. But, uh, (laughs) you know, they uh, would just, it's like, well, hey, it's their money, right? Like they saved for that. And that that's, what they wanted and they weren't going into debt for it. And they, you know, it's like, we talk to clients all the time about, you know, Hey, like this is what I, my, one of my favorite things about doing retirement planning for younger couples is to get them on the right path and say, look, yeah, if you're trying to retire at this age or you're trying to buy this house or buy this car, whatever, like what are all your financial goals? We get all that down on paper and we let them know how much they need to save. And it's kind of fun because it's freeing in a way. It's like, Hey, if, as long as you're, you're saving money and you're yeah. not living above your means. Totally. It's like great. Like enjoy it. Blow like it. some people love to save up and take extravagant yeah. vacations and other people would rather go do a bunch of smaller it that's the beauty of it is like yeah. once you do what you're doing, you're or putting away the money that you need to put away and you're meeting your goals, then it's like then great. Like do whatever you want to do with the rest of it. And it's yeah. freeing in a way because you don't have to feel guilty about it. Yeah, totally. And I think that's like it's a little counter to a lot of I think the money tips that youth hear nowadays, it's like, don't buy Starbucks, don't get, and then there's always like the cliche, don't get the avocado toast, <laughs> you know, put yeah. every dollar away. And it's yeah. like, no, 
like put away what you need, yeah. define your goals. Yeah. But then once you're once you once you get there, like yeah. then you should be able to happily blow something on yeah. something that everyone else may think is stupid, but brings you joy because right. everything else is taken care of. Like if you're not able to do that, then what's the point of right. even exactly. doing any yeah. of this? Right, right. Yeah. So well, one let's take it a little bit further for kind of like for parents and, and kind of some application tips. Let's say kids are getting a little bit older, kind of understanding a little bit of their budget. How can we, uh, I say we, I'm not quite a parent yet, but how can parents uh, start cultivating investors? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the, the exciting thing to talk about. So one thing that we've helped several clients with, and we've done this with our own kids as well, is I think it's fun to get them involved with an investment account early. Right. So, you know, you've gone through the stage of, okay, saving and budgeting and, you know, not living above your means and kind of some of those basics. Right. Yeah. And then you get to that. Okay, well, I've saved this money. Right. So now now that we've built those habits of saving, it's like, well, now that the money's saved, what should I do with it? Yeah. And so just kind of teaching them the concepts of interest. And the cool thing is. When you start running the numbers when they're young and you say, hey, like if you save X amount per month starting at 16 years old, I mean, it's crazy. You don't have to save that much money to have millions of dollars by the time you retire. Yeah. I mean, because the the whole interest compounding, when you start that young, the numbers are crazy. Yeah. So, you know, you can go online and there's any... Any there's a million compound interest calculators, right? You go on and you can you can put in there like, hey, what if I'm 16 years old and I save a hundred dollars a month from yeah. now until I'm 65? And and you just I encourage you to go online and play with it on your own because the numbers are pretty staggering, right? But um, so I think for one, giving them the motivation, right? So it's like here's why because if you do this and you start young, you know here's Here's kind of the payoff in the end. But as far as um, investing and actually getting them interested in that, one thing that I've found really kind of fun to do, and again, I, I got to say a million times because we're about to talk about like some different, inv- this is not a recommendation, yeah. okay? Yep. Um, this, I'm just going to explain what I've done with my family and and we've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it is I, I gave each of our kids $1,000 and in exchange for that, I told them, like, we're, the $1,000 is to be put into an investment account. And and they have to, you know, in order to get it, they have to meet with me. Yeah. So that's, you know. They got to schedule their annual yeah. review. But for 1000 bucks, they're willing to sit down and talk about investing. Yeah. Right? But what we did is I opened an account. I put $1,000 in it. I just, you know, gave them a little blurb and... We've offered to do this for clients a number of times. Like, hey, we're willing, we're we'll have that meeting with your kids too. It's it's really fun. But and I just tell them, like, because at the end of the day, we talk about, you know, stock market and long-term investing and, and all that good stuff. And basically I say, it it's up to you. Pick any five stocks you want, you mm-hmm. know, and or or, or ten, whatever. But yeah. the idea being uh take that money. Uh, I try to encourage them to find, you know, five, six, seven stocks that are, you know, so don't pick Apple, Microsoft, Meta. like All doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we talk about the idea of diversification, but it's fun because generally what will happen is they'll pick five or six companies 
that like, you know, Macy bought Lululemon and Apple and Chipotle and, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun to watch her like ask me all the time, like, how are my stocks doing? You know, and, yeah. and I think that the benefit, because I will say from an investment standpoint, like, because we have clients to come in and we're not recommending that a client with their retirement portfolio comes in and buys five stocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. It's, yes. It's, it's not a good investment strategy like no. to just say, hey, but what's cool is it gets them very emotionally attached to it. Yeah. Right. So it's like and the fun thing is what I've learned, again, not not a recommendation. What I've learned from watching my own kids is that if they pick companies that they like and that they know and that they support, it's just so much easier to take a long term approach. Right. Yeah. Because, like, if they're buying a company that they love, like my daughter loves Lululemon, right? She just, whatever, and, and you know, confession, so do I. Yeah, I was going to say, she's her yeah. father's daughter, I for mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just go there to bring Macy shopping. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's uh-huh. the only reason I go. <laughs> yeah, it's not that every time you drive past me, like, Nick, do we have time to stop? No, Tom, we have a meeting we got to get to. Might have recently gone shopping at Lululemon with Nick or for, forced him in there. But um, so... It's, she just loves it. Yeah. So there's not a thought like of trying to, I'm going to time the market out by, you know, the, right? It's yeah. just, I think when you're that emotionally invested and tied and just, you feel that good about a investment, it's just much easier to stick with it. Yeah. You know, and realize like, oh, sometimes it's going to go up, sometimes it's going to go down. The idea being it's a long-term thing and you know that the company is, right? And so, but I will just say, it's not even about the invest. So it's not yeah. about the investment or the returns or what's going to make the most money. It's just really the idea of like getting them excited about an investment. Yeah, right? and I, I imagine too, like I can't say from experience, but it would it would really set their mindset up to under stand the framework of our country a lot better yeah. from a business standpoint. Yeah. Cause me growing up, I walk into a Nike store and I'm like, it's a company selling shoes. And I'm not really even considering where that money that I'm paying go for the money that I'm paying, where it goes or who it goes to or yeah. or why these things are the cost as they are. Yeah. But if yeah. I as a kid have Nike stock, yeah. And I've met with you and you've said, Nick, your stock's gonna go up. You're gonna get dividends. As for every time that Nike sells shoes, yeah, it gets more complex than that. Yeah. But at their level, when they walk into that Nike store, it wouldn't be a stretch, I imagine, for them to be like, okay, I'm one of the people that this store is selling for. Yeah. Like I kind of see my place yeah. in the greater yeah. economy. And it might not all click right yeah. away, but just the fact that they're like having ownership in those companies yeah. when it comes to the point where they're thinking about uh, you know, actually investing or looking into the com- country and saying, like, "How do these businesses operate? What is everybody doing?" Yeah, I have to imagine that it's helped build their framework for yeah, like what is our economy. It, okay. It's a really great point because uh, one of one of my kids owns some Starbucks, so it's actually kind of fun every time we walk in to kind of joke like, "Hey, I'm an owner here." Yeah, right? yeah, like, I own part of this. And but you're right, having that mentality. You know, like, because when you own, a lot of people don't realize it's like when you own stock, you own part of that company, right? Now, sure, it's a small part, unless I don't know who's listening to this podcast. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, Bill Gates is listening. Who knows? 
So, Bill, you own a bigger part of your company, but most of us yeah. own smaller parts of we your company. We own like 0. .000. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool for them to have that ownership mentality of like, yeah, that you know what, like, I own a part of this. Because when you own stock, you own your shares, you own your small part of the company. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And again, it it's not for everyone. I think the biggest thing is just like, We've encouraged them to open investment accounts, and whether that's us giving them some money to start it. Um, I know that with our kids, that's also they they add more, so we kind of get them started. Then they, um, you know, some of my kids put money in every month. So one of my uh, sons actually fifty bucks every single month uh, goes into his account, um, and it's fun because they're just they're just interested and they're always asking me how it's doing and they're looking it up and. Uh, you know, we've done this for other people where they actually just have bought mutual funds. So, you know, and again, it's not what we really want to stress is it's not about what they buy or what they invest in. This isn't like what should you invest in? The idea is just getting them interested. Yeah. Right. And like when I was a kid and I had that Roseville telephone stock, I never even once thought to look at what it was worth, it was just like, I'm getting a check in the mailbox every month, like my share of the profits, Yeah, because I own part of this company. I wasn't even thinking about the stock price or what, you know, yeah. what CNBC said it was worth that day or if it was a good, you know? So anyway, that that's something that's worked for us that I've seen work well for other clients as well. And it's super easy to set up. Yeah, so. and I, I think a big takeaway from both of our stories and kind of what we're trying to get at with this podcast is that you and I have had different upbringings, but both of us were influenced by our family members' desire to invest in their own way in our financial futures. For for you, it was your grandpa buying you some stocks that you got access to the dividends. For me, it was my, my mom taking a, a financial class with me. She didn't have the means to give me $1,000, but at the end of the day, both of those things are are moving the needle, or are having a positive impact that are, you know, that led us to be in a place where later in life we're like, I want to be financially savvy. I yeah. want to be mindful of my finances. Yeah. So whatever, like, the, the application really is, I think, that simple of whatever it looks like in your family structure, invest in your kids' finances and be intentional. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect or look, you know, like what we've talked about, but in whatever way that you do it, it, it will have an impact. Yeah. People come into our office all the time, 30, 40, 50 years old, like just getting started. Right. And cause, and they say, man, I wish somebody would have taught me about this mm -hmm. when I was younger. Yeah. I wish, you know, we, we have those stories all the time about so many things in our life. Like, Oh, I wish someone would have told me this when I was younger. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously our world is financial, but you know, it, it's, it's a big impact. So, totally. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. That's all we've got for today. But uh, we're excited having yeah. more good stuff. Fun to fun to uh, deviate from the normal uh, the normal plan for the pod. But uh, really, yeah. really appreciate you listening. Hope you find this valuable if you're a parent. And you know, again, if you if you find this useful, I, I would just encourage you to you know subscribe yeah. to, to the podcast, and uh, it's available on all. You know, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast. But uh, really help us out if you uh, click that subscribe button. And so we know who's listening. And if you have any ideas for episodes, feel free to put them in the comments as well. Happy to, happy to put together episodes on what you all think would be useful. Yeah, last question before we close out, Todd. 
do you podcast because you couldn't be a weatherman? <laughs> I never thought about that, but yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> so think of Todd, weatherman. See you guys. Uh, yeah. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Momentous Wealth Management Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Momentous Wealth Management Inc. and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Momentous Wealth Management Inc. unless a client service agreement is in place.